and welcome to episode number 118 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I'm your host, Darren O'Neill, and this is the first episode of 2021. So a very happy new year to everybody. It's going to be an interesting year this 2021. I mean, 2020 was a pretty darn interesting year from all sorts of angles. And I don't expect 2021 to be any different, although I do think normalcy, whatever that means to you, is probably coming back, even though the political landscape of the United States is definitely changing. It's a ever changing thing. As we're recording this right now, the joint session of the Senate and House of Representatives just going on with their certification of the Electoral College votes and the first of the objections have come in for the state of Arizona. So no doubt it's going to be a long day, but there's a whole process and this is going to happen. And the end result is probably not going to change anything, but it will go down on record. And uh, Georgia, 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 that's another case of here we are with the technological advancements we've had over the past few years. This is the United States of America, and we have a single state that had two runoff elections for senator going on. And here we are the next day, afternoon central time. And we don't know exactly the results of both of those elections. It appears that the Democrat won at least one of those. And the other one they're saying is still too close to call, but probably going to go to the Democrat as well. It would be really weird with the way things have been going if there was a split in those two races. Although it is kind of intriguing that the black candidate seemingly did get more votes. So I can only assume that there were a decent amount of black folks in Georgia who didn't vote for the white candidate. And that's interesting. And we'll break that down if we get more information as things move on. But in politics in the United States, it ebbs, it flows. I mean, I remember eight years of Barack Obama and Joe Biden, which just happened before the four years of Trump. And yes, it is getting a little bit more insane with more and more communists and socialists involved in the system. But I think it's going to take a while for people to wake up and understand what's going on. And hopefully over the next two years, we will get a little more of that from the average person. I mean, people are way too distracted. I mean, a year or two ago, I'd say like, well, you know, they're too busy watching, you know, reality TV, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette and all that. And their heads are in their phones all day. And with their heads in the phones, they're not reading the news. They're not keeping up with things. They're more worried that, oh, my God, Kim and Kanye might be getting a divorce. And the fact that I know that kind of bothers me. But that's what a lot of people deal with. And these devices are great when it comes to knowledge and being able to keep up with world events you know but most people use them to play you know candy crush or something like that and this georgia race was interesting i mean i thought that uh, joe biden getting up 
and telling everybody that if you voted for his guys, then you would get a check for $2,000. I mean, that seems like bribing people for their votes. I mean, I guess it's legal. I don't know what's legal now. What's not legal. Donald Trump was accused of a whole bunch of things that nobody could ever prove. But here's Joe Biden saying, vote for my guys. You'll get a $2,000 check immediately. That seems like uh, that seems like a problem to me. But the Republicans asked for it. Donald Trump wanted those $2,000 checks. The Republicans blocked him. And it's going to be at a very great cost politically. Congratulations, Republicans. We're being totally stupid. Get Mitch McConnell out of office. He's an imbecile. And both sides, though, need to understand watching what's going on here that this isn't a country that is united. This is a country that is pretty much split 50 50 in either direction. And that's something I think both sides need to come to grips with and get back to the America where the politicians actually worked and compromised to do what was best for everybody. And again, compromise in a way where nobody gets entirely what they want, but everybody gets to have a voice in what's going on. And is it a perfect system? No, but it is the best damn system that we have going anywhere. I can't think of a country that is run any better or that actually uh, can beat the United States. I mean, maybe now we're kind of going down the wrong slide here. We're going down where maybe we're not as free as some other countries are right now. And it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. But I see a few things that I believe would happen with a Joe Biden presidency with Kamala Harris alongside because Joe Biden overall is just a lifelong politician who has never been a far left guy. He's just been a lifelong politician. And there's a lot of those because they get paid really well. Then your kid maybe gets to make millions of dollars just to give access to you, allegedly, all that kind of stuff. But Joe's never been a true believer in the far left causes. Uh, although now I don't know if his brain is there enough or if it's, he's just too completely off his meds or he got dementia or something because Joe does not come off very well now when he speaks. This podcast is a little late because I was watching Donald Trump as he spoke at the rally today. And whether you like Donald Trump or not, I don't care. He is an articulate guy who can hold the attention of a crowd for over an hour. He's a dynamic speaker. And I don't care if you like his policies or not. You can't deny that. If you deny that, you're just lying to yourself. Joe Biden doesn't have that ability, I don't believe, to rally a crowd. When he gets excited, he can't even say words correctly. And I think that's going to be an issue moving on. But with a Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, president, vice president, with the control of the House, although the margin that the Democrats control the House a lot less than it was before this election, which is also an interesting thing to look at when you want to really dive in 
to the allegations of fraud, you might want to ask yourself, well, how did this happen? If Biden was such a big winner, then shouldn't the Democrats have been picking up House seats or at least not losing any? You know, and this thing in Georgia now is just an outlier because it's happening after the election and something should be done to limit these kind of runoff elections. They need to go. I mean, I think California actually has a system that maybe makes more sense, which is you vote in a tiered way. That way you never have to have this runoff crap because there are some places where you have to have a majority to win the election. It's not that the person with the most votes gets it. You have to have a majority of votes, and that's what happened to Georgia. If you don't have a majority of the votes, then you go back and you vote again with less candidates, and that's how you it works out. But the reality is, if you would have just had a tiered system, which would say, okay, this guy's my favorite, this guy's my second favorite, this guy or girl is my third favorite, although wait, I'm gendering them, and you can't do that in the House anymore. Gendered language, bad. But you do that. You give a tiered voting and that way you never have to go to these runoffs and it's a lot easier because people don't have to go to the ballots again they don't have to fill out another ballot it's all done in one easy ballot and that way if the guy that you get you that you originally give your number one vote to if it turns out only like three percent of the people voted for that guy then your number two becomes your number one it's basically a built-in runoff, and it would make things, I think, a lot more sane. But we have the possibility now. Again, the Georgia thing's not completely figured out yet, but there seems like there's a good possibility you're going to have the Democrats controlling the president, vice president, the House, and the Senate. And there's some things that I believe are going to happen if that does hold. And it's the tech stocks, I think, are going to have a big issue. Because even though the tech companies, I mean, Google and Facebook, I mean, there's has been a lot of talk to Twitters about the tech companies and the presidential elections. And there's no question that the tech companies are overwhelmingly liberal and have supported the Democrats in these elections. And the Democrats want blood out of the tech companies. I don't know if the tech companies were just too stupid, didn't want to pay attention what was going on to what people like Elizabeth Warren were saying about taking all of their uh, you know assets away from them, breaking a lot of these companies up. I don't know. But I think this is a very bad thing for the tech sector. And again, this is not financial advice. We are not qualified to give you that. But if I had a bunch of tech stocks, I would be thinking about dumping them. Bitcoin the same way. Bitcoin, I mean, I don't get the current soaring of Bitcoin, and I certainly do not understand it if the Democrats are going to control what it appears they're going to control, because the Democrats have been very, very clear, again, going back to Elizabeth Warren, that there should be a wealth tax, which means if you just have money sitting somewhere, I mean, we know. You already paid income tax. You've already paid tax to get the money and you just put it in the bank and you don't even have to be getting interest on it because it's not like, well, you put it into the stocks and the stocks made you money. So you should have to pay taxes and that. No, if you just took your money that you already paid your income tax on, you put it into your bank, put it into a checking account, making zero percent. 
Elizabeth Warren still wants to be able to go, well, look, this guy has a checking account. He's got a million dollars in there. Let's take a percentage of that. And that's going to happen. It doesn't matter that you already paid tax to get it. You have it. So they're going to take more of it because you have it. It doesn't matter that you already paid taxes on it and you're not making any money on that money. It's just sitting in an account. They're going to take that money. They're going to take a percentage. In Bitcoin, you can't hide it in Bitcoin because as we've talked about on this podcast and over on the other podcast I do with Ryan Bemrose called Grumpy Old Benz, grumpyoldbenz.com, Bitcoin, each and every transaction is able to be tracked. If you have somebody's Bitcoin wallet address and you got mine because it's listed right there on the Random Thoughts podcast and on the Grumpy Old Benz podcast. If you punch that number in, you know what you're doing. You can see every transaction in and out from that wallet. I mean, it's not as simple as you can see who owns all these wallets, but the government can figure that one out because if you're going to ever take that money and buy anything trackable with it. So, I mean, if you go, you know, you buy something at Target and they deliver it to your house, well, boom, now you're tracked. You know, you buy whatever with it you're going to be tracked. So one, Bitcoin is not private. Two, Bitcoin is one encryption hack. You know, once that enc- the encryption is broken, then Bitcoin goes to zero. So the 34,000, whatever it is now, it'll go to zero. But eventually, I mean, it might not be for years. Maybe I'm wrong. But that's just my feeling on this, especially now with the Democrats in control. I don't think Bitcoin would be a very good place to be storing your money. I mean, they're already going after Ripple saying it's a security. So why isn't Bitcoin a security? And Ripple just crashed. It's being delisted on some of these places. If you don't think Bitcoin is being treated as a security, I don't know what planet you're living on because people aren't using it to buy their Starbucks anymore. There was a point where they were, but I digress. That's not where we're at right now. The other thing you have to worry about with the Democrats in control of everything beyond your privacy is your freedom of speech. We're seeing this already from nutty Nancy Pelosi in the House of Representatives wanting to ban all gendered names. I mean, you can't say you can't say a man without saying a woman. I mean, I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't think they understand the origins of words and, uh, you know, the people that maybe know where amen came from. I think it's Hebrew, you know, or go back to understanding, you know, the root from Latin and a lot of these words. The whole man and woman thing is just absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know why we have to deny that there are genders anymore, but it's because, you know, somebody that doesn't want to identify with one of those genders. I mean, they'll feel completely left out. And for them, I just say, I don't know. You're nuts because everybody has a gender. That's just the way it works. And everybody has an agenda. See what I did there. But the reality is government moves slow. And if you're smart, you can try to mitigate as much of this stuff as possible. And if the Democrats start doing some really crazy totally commie or socialist stuff, well, then the people may stand up. I mean, there may be rioting in the streets. We're already seeing a little of that. So be ready for some chaos. I just watched a documentary on Shane McGowan, the lead singer of the Pogues, 
who uh, has drank and drugged a little too much in his life. There's no question about it. At 52, he looks like he's about 70, but his brain is still there. And they were talking about the war between Ireland and the UK. Now, the Irish didn't really have an army. They had the IRA, which was just basically a militia that did things like bombings and all of that. And Shane talked about how Ireland was successful because the people of the UK were not apt at handling the chaos. And I think there is a really good comparison to be made with what has been going on in the United States over the last few years. And I do believe that whichever side's going to be victorious when it all comes down will be the one that handles the chaos the best. You can't give in if the other side just starts rioting. I mean, that's like giving in to a child having a tantrum, but we'll see where this all goes. I mean, we do have the big tech story, which is the U.S. government is now claiming doubling down on the fact that this big solar winds hack that we had talked about also here in on uh, grumpy old Ben's they're now saying, well, they're pretty sure it was the Russians behind it. I don't really know if I agree with that because if you're really good at hacking, nobody's going to know who actually did it, but the government is really, really doubling down on this. The, UCG, which is the Cyber Unified Coordination Group, they're the ones that are are coming out and saying that this was the Russians. And this group is a combination of the usual uh, three letter agencies here in the United States, you know, the NSA, the FBI, you know, also the CISA, ODNI, and blah, blah, blah. The alphabet soup companies, you know, which ones we're talking about. Now, we're, we're blaming all of this on Russia and saying that it was just an intelligence gathering thing as far as they can tell, because, I mean, nobody even wants to uh, suggest that if Russia was into all of these systems that, you know, maybe, maybe they interfered with this election. It's amazing, isn't it, that the mainstream media that was so in on the Russian collusion when Trump got elected. Now there seems to be some serious evidence that Russia was doing things in the computer systems, in the networks of almost every United States government agency throughout 2020. But no, no, there was nothing. No, nothing. They never touched anything with the elections. So I don't really buy the fact that it was the Russians, but if you are going to buy the fact that it was the Russians, then maybe you might want to start asking questions about if uh, they did something to interfere with the election. I mean, again, the left was all in on this when it was Russia. Well, they had a hundred thousand dollars worth of Facebook ads. Yeah, that was enough. Well, now we have a major cyber attack. And again, let me just give you the list of the U.S. agencies that were breached in this attack. The uh, U.S. Treasury, the U.S. Department of State, the U.S. NTIA. What is the NTIA? I have to look that one up. The U.S. NIH, 
the uh, DHS, the Department of Energy, the Department of Nuclear Security Administration, and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. So we're being told by the people in charge that Russia hacked those agencies. (laughs) Homeland Security, Nuclear Security, Department of Energy, the Treasury, the Department of State. But no, they didn't touch anything to do with the elections. They didn't want to interfere with the election. They were just gathering information. Again, I don't really know which side I want to believe on this one, but if you're going to believe that it was the Russians hacking into the highest level systems in the United States, how come nobody's questioning? Do they maybe do something while they were in there? Maybe they flipped a few bits. Maybe there should be an investigation into the election, but (laughs) no, Uh, the left doesn't want that anymore. The left doesn't want that. And the left is now in charge, which is going to have people all over the world wondering if there will ever be another fair election in the United States. And I have faith that this stuff will all get figured out. There's a reasons why, uh, many reasons why places like, I think, France and Japan and a bunch of other European countries that are like, nope, not going to do mail-in ballots because fraud is a thing. And the United States, I guess, just needs to catch up on this. Donald Trump is still banging the drum that he won, and he may have. But the unfortunate thing for Donald Trump is you actually have to be able to prove it. You actually have to have physical evidence. And this is very hard to do. The physical evidence thing in a digital domain, when you have computers counting and things like that, a very hard thing to find physical evidence. And a lot of times, even if you can find evidence, it's going to go and be presented before people who are tech Luddites who will have no idea what they're consuming, what they're seeing, what they're hearing. And that's also going to be an issue moving forward. I mean, I I care a lot less about the political ideologies of judges. I would like some with some tech sense that understand how these machines work. Because I think in the long run, that would make the United States a uh, a much safer country when it comes down to that. Now, besides this hack, allegedly from the Russians, how you doing, Mr. Putin, if you're listening? The New York air traffic controllers received a very ominous threat on their radios. And it was a threat that was supposed to be happening today. So hopefully this was nothing more than a hollow threat. But somebody did hack into their system to the frequencies that they use and said, quote, we are flying a plane into the Capitol on Wednesday. Soleimani will be avenged. Of course, the threat referring to General Soleimani the Iranian general that was killed by a U.S. drone strike in the past year. It was made on the one-year anniversary of his death, for which Iranian officials have long vowed revenge. So, for Joe coming in and Kamala, you're welcome. Here you go. Here's your first chance to 
See if the whole world is going to love the United States again just because you may be at the helm. We heard that with Barack Obama, that all of a sudden the United States was going to be respected and loved all around the world because we had Barack Obama. And no, that didn't quite happen. I mean, Trump was supposed to be the guy getting us into all the wars. That didn't happen. I kind of feel the war machine. That's another thing you should be looking for with the Democrats in control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency. All you hippies out there that voted for him, enjoy the war machine ramping back up because I think you're going to see a lot more of it with these jokers at the helm than you did with Donald J. Trump. But I know the orange man was really, really bad. I mean, for those of us who actually do enjoy freedom of speech, and I think anybody that's doing a podcast enjoys the fact that they can, at least if you're in the United States, allegedly say what you want to say. We know this isn't the truth anymore on social media with conservative voices often being banned or shadow banned. And this has been happening, of course, on the Twitters, on the Facebooks and all that. So podcasts seem to be one of the last bastions of freedom. And that's why you can find a lot of people doing podcasts who are the real journalists now, because the mainstream media is not doing it. I mean, Bill O'Reilly's a podcaster now, for goodness sake. And he actually has a staff and he's trying to get to the truth, I believe. You may not, but there are people, Cheryl Atkinson, another one, who are doing the best they can to bring truth to the forefront, to bring facts to the forefront, rather than nonstop opinion. And it would be a nice thing if people were allowed to have these conversations on social media. But as is often the case, it takes a comedian. In this case, also an actor, the British guy, you know, that played Mr. Bean, Rowan Atkinson, who had this to say about social media. Quote, the problem we have online is that an algorithm decides what we want to see, which ends up creating a simplistic binary view of society. It's become a case of either you're with us or against us. And if you're against us, you deserve to be canceled. He emphasized that it is absolutely essential for society to be, quote, exposed to a wide spectrum of opinion. What we have now is the digital equivalent of the medieval mob roaming the streets looking for someone to burn. And I think he is absolutely right. We talked about this on the latest Grumpy Old Benz that we just did. The concept of the dimension A and dimension B, the fact that two people can both be on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whichever social media site it is, and both get a completely different experience. It's not like it used to be, where you could turn on one television news station or pick up a newspaper, and everybody that read that newspaper got the same text. They got the same stories. The headline for everybody was the same. Television news, the same way. The same things that were said to the people on Dimension A were the same things said to the people on Dimension B. But that's not the case anymore. This whole digital thing, this whole Internet thing makes this possible 
through social media and even through the regular media when it comes down to it. Now, I don't know if anybody's doing this. It'll take some searching. It'll take some experimentation. I mean, it'll take some journalism to figure out that if I go to CNN's website, do I see the same thing as you? That's not guaranteed at this point because so many people have their Facebook accounts that are attached. There's so much tracking going on that it's not hard to believe that there may be some even major news sources at this point when you visit their website, giving you different stories based upon the information that they have about you, which is why if there's something you do in 2021, it should be taking back your digital footprint. And it's something that isn't a simple thing, but you can certainly take some small steps easily in order to get there. One would be stop using Google Chrome and start using a browser like the Brave browser. And that's one way right there just to try to prevent your whole online world from being tracked using VPNs, using a service like the Winston Privacy Service in order to try to kind of unplug from this whole ecosystem. If you have a cell phone and you haven't hacked it, you're firmly in the ecosystem. You're either in the Apple ecosystem or the Google ecosystem, unless you're one of the outliers that still has a BlackBerry or a Windows phone. But if you have an Android phone, there are ways to get off the Google ecosystem, but it takes rooting your phone and finding the proper version of a different operating system that you can put on that has had all of the Google stuff ripped out. We've talked about that a little bit on Grumpy Old Ben's as well. And maybe if people are interested, we can try to do a whole episode here that breaks down the different things you can do. But be aware that everything you say online is more or less tracked. If you're using a free email service like Gmail, all of your messages are pretty much being scanned. If you have a cell phone, it's constantly listening to you. If you have a device from Amazon or Google, one of the talking tubes, they're always listening to you. And even if they're not recording what you say, and they may be, or they could be at some point, and you don't know, but at the very least, they're listening for keywords, which is also what happens if you have, say, the Facebook app on your phone, and it's always sitting there in the background, just waiting to send you, you know, somebody sent you a message, woo, but it's running in the background. And if you have given it access to your microphone, you can test this kind of stuff pretty easily. Sit in front of your cell phone one day and just keep saying something that you normally wouldn't say, like Bangladesh, Bangladesh, Bangladesh. And then all of a sudden, if you start getting ads that are like, hey, would you like to visit Bangladesh? You'll know your phone is listening to you. It's taking that data and it's using it in a way that maybe you didn't know that it was. And some people don't care about that. And other people that will totally freak them out. Your mileage may vary. I mean, of course, if you're a Trump supporter and you're not telling anybody outside of your house about that, well, then maybe it's freaking you out because you're like, oh my God, they're listening to me. And they probably are. Trump had a huge crowd at his rally today, which again, this is what both sides need to understand. This is not a country that has a clear mandate. I don't care what you tell me, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And what about the woman date? I don't know. But there is no clear mandate in the country that is almost completely evenly split down the middle. 
you cannot treat it as one side can just rule the other because this is how civil wars start. When the concept of getting together and compromising is no longer on the table, that's when the violence starts. We saw this with the Black Lives Matter Global. We see this with Antifa. And this is what's going to happen, I think, from the right. If all of a sudden everybody in power in this country just starts acting like the Democrats have a clear mandate. Yes, I'm going to use that word to do whatever the hell they want. We've already seen that rioting in the streets will get politicians to back down. That's a really, really, really bad precedent to set. But it's been set. Insanity needs to be brought back, but I don't know how that's going to happen until both sides again realize that there are valid people with valid opinions on the other side of the aisle. And we try to cover both of those here on the Random Thoughts podcast. I know up at the top, we mentioned Happy New Year. I mean, some people are questioning whether it is. I'm choosing to believe 2021 is going to be okay and not the biblical end of the world or anything. Hey, I've been wrong before, but I didn't make any resolutions. I really don't believe in New Year's resolutions because most people that make resolutions promptly uh, forget about them or break them about a week or two into the new year. I mean, last year, I started out 2020 wanting to do a regular podcast and do it every week. And I look back and we have 52 episodes of Random Thoughts in 2020. So we accomplished that. We did a weekly show. We didn't miss a show. And I'm proud of the work we're doing here. And the show is constantly evolving. A lot of people really seem to enjoy the story of the guy that created the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. And I get it. That was a hell of a story that epitomized the American dream. But there's also, you know, things going on, especially right now with the COVID and with the politics that that's going to be hit on as well. I mean, we're not a news show. We're not uh, we're not any one type of show, which is also the other great thing about podcasting. So if there's something, you know, that you really want me to get into, feel free to reach out. Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. We have a Twitter account that I always forget about for the show, and I should work on that. Maybe that's a resolution for 2021. You can follow me on Twitter under my just regular account, Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. Or if you really want to have some fun, go over to randomthoughts.com. Click on the link that gets you an invite to No Agenda Social, which is like Twitter, but with way more sane people. And you can hit me up there with any ideas, any comments, questions, criticisms. They are all welcome, believe it or not. I mean, I know I do the show just so I can rant a bit, but we do do the show in order to try to be entertaining, in order to get your mind off what's going on sometimes or to inform you at other times. And we do work on the value for value model, which means we put these shows out there. There's no charge to get them. We're not behind a paywall. 
And if you're listening, we hope you got something of value out of this show. And if you did, it's up to you to go over to randomthoughts.com and either click that donate button, make a one-time or a monthly donation, or use the QR code if you want to do the Bitcoin thing while it's still going on and it keeps going up. Or you can use the P.O. Box address, which I'm really growing to love the P.O. Box because when you donate that way, no percentage goes to anybody else. You cut through the middleman. And if you set it up on your bank's auto bill pay thing, you don't even have to pay for the stamp. So it's a beautiful solution if you want to go that way. And it's also something you can do if you want to make a donation at the same time. And this has been happening more lately, and I love it. My buddy Ryan Bemrose that I do Grumpy Old Benz with probably hates it. But there's a lot of people sending in one donation saying, give this much to Grumpy Old Benz and give this much to Random Thoughts and sometimes even give this much to the No Agenda Rock and Roll pre-show. And it all just works and it's easy and we can figure it out from there just as long as you let us know what it's for. It all works out. We do have a couple people to thank. Well, a few. A couple would be two. So we have a few people to thank for this show. First and foremost, executive producer on this show is Andrew Hanbianco. And I hope I'm saying his name correctly. He came in with a donation for both Grumpy Old Benz and Random Thoughts. The Random Thoughts part, 25 bucks, and it is appreciated. He says, enjoy both of the podcasts. Just been listening, began listening to Random Thoughts. So thank you, Andrew, for checking this show out. It is just like Grumpy Old Benz without Ryan Bemrose. Some people prefer that. Some like to hear Ryan rant, whichever. I'm fine with that. He says, thanks to the Benz for the tech tips. Uh, I've added DuckDuckGo. See, that's another thing you can do to protect your privacy. Don't search with Google anymore. Whatever you do, don't search with Google. Go to DuckDuckGo.com. Use their search engine. Or if you really need the Google results, try StartPage.com which will give you Google results, but that puts them in between you and Google so they don't get to track you. He says, I have also obtained a VPN and extracted myself from Facebook and removed as much as possible the ties to Google on the cell phone. May 2021 be as uneventful as 2019. See, we're hoping the same thing, Andrew. I mean, there's going to be some stuff to talk about but I don't believe the world's coming to an end. And I do think that Biden and Harris probably good for podcasters unless they figure out a way to shut us all up. And they're probably working on it. So make sure you support us. And that way we can fight back. Another donation that came in next on the list, sir, Sammy Minkinen, who came in with 2021 for the Random Thoughts podcast. Yay, go 2021. Happy New Year. And he also came in with a grumpy old Ben's support as well. And he just says, keep up the great work. And that's what we are planning to do, Sir Sammy. Thank you for supporting both Random Thoughts and Grumpy Old Ben's as well. Andrew, same thing as well. And we do have a couple people on the Patreon since this is the first show of the month. We want to thank them. Literally two people over on the Random Thoughts Patreon, which, as I've said before, it's there at patreon.com slash random thoughts. We don't really post bonus content. Maybe I should. I mean, we have two people there, so I can post some stuff for them. 
and then they'll get stuff and you'll never know. And you'll feel bad when you find out there was some great content there. But it's just there for people that want to support the show. And if you are already on the Patreon ecosystem, it's an easy way to do it. And we got two $5 a month donors over there. Brian Genak, who is also, I know, a big fan of Larry, of that Larry show. And that's how he found us. And if you're not listening to Larry, you are surely missing out. Mr. Velvet, we need to get him to do. I know you're listening, Larry. We need to get you to do an advice show that people can call in. I think you and I should be the next Dr. Drew. And uh, well, you'll be Dr. Drew. I'll be the sidekick Corolla that just makes comments while you give the good advice. But I think it would work. Reach out. It'll be fun. And Michael Wingett, also five bucks over on Patreon. Thanks to everybody who supports this show. Thanks to everybody who listens. There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of things you can be doing with your time. The fact that you're listening to one of my shows, it is greatly appreciated. And we hope we continue to do the kind of shows that keep you interested and keep you listening and keep you engaged. If you ever have any comments, questions, criticisms, again, reach out to us at any of the places we've already listed. We would love to hear from you. With that said, we will be back again next Wednesday for another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 